0: Welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine Monday morning?
1: What is up, party people? The party people who had a party watching the Niners have a party on the field yesterday at 1 o'clock. What a game. Um, Just another one of those feel-good games. You'll wake up today feeling good. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Yeah.
0: Uh, A great game by the 49ers. We've talked a lot about how the team got a little bit off track earlier in the year, but it seemed like they restored themselves with that win against the Jaguars. And it, it seems like the dominance has continued. With yesterday's twenty seven to fourteen win over the Buccaneers. Would have liked it to be a little more points, but you know, the game was never in doubt. The offense was humming. It was it was very, very nice to see everything coming together. The the big news coming out of the week is is some sad news. It, it's seeming more and more like our star safety Daniels favorite player, Talanoa Hufunga. May have a May have a torn ACL. Nothing, uh, nothing confirmed yet. But I, I've never seen a team say, "Yeah, we think it's a torn ACL," and have it not and be then, a torn <laughs> ACL. So usually, if yeah. it's something different, it's something worse. So Shanahan, Lufunda, Shanahan most did say most out likely out for the year. We'll talk through all that, but wanted to to call it out early.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you got if you saw that play, it's. I mean. I I will hope and pray that it is something different, but there's it was a non-contact injury. You can watch that knee; it moves. Not good, not good. Knees so, bending
0: that way is is never good. And non-contact nope no. knee injuries are never good.
1: So we will pause our hufunga cowabunga. And in every time, every episode that we're supposed to do that, we'll just send up some prayers and good vibes for for our boy Talanoa and his recovery process. I'm sure he's going to be a a champ and and do everything he needs to do in that, but just a huge bummer for such a major injury to one of our favorite players, to one of our best players, uh, and at such a crucial time. So... Um, we'll continue with some of the some of the highlights from yesterday's game, and then we'll cut, we'll talk more about hey, what is what is Hufunga's replacement look like? Well, that's obviously Jair Brown, and we'll we'll talk about what what this defense may look like moving forward and how we feel about it. Um, yeah,
0: definitely a, m- a lot a lot to think about going forward with the the new new look Niners defense. Jair Brown off to a a perfectly good start but it's hard to it's hard to replace Hufunga it's hard to come in as a as a rookie he he hung in much better than we expected I think but still we we've talked a lot about wanting to see Brown on the field more but I think every time we talked about it it was with the hope that it would be replacing Tashawn Gibson not replacing uh Hufunga so definitely just a
1: a bummer to see that yeah on a on a much higher note what a game from the man brock purdy what i love is when you go on uh report and you go to the stat sheet and you scroll all the way to the right for passing it shows you the quarterback rating and it always has an emoji next to the rating now brock purdy's rating was a perfect passer rating but on the app it says 158.3. That is an unreal amount. That is over twice the rating that Baker Mayfield had, 76 he had. But the emoji next to the 158 is a goat. It is a goat showing that Brock Purdy is the goat. This is one, like, we could throw out so many stats, but this is one that just blows me away, Timmy. Brock Purdy threw the ball 25 times had 21 completions. That's a great percentage. He had 333 yards. That's an average of 15.9 for three touchdowns and no interceptions. As I said, Brock Purdy threw the ball 25 times. That is the um, the attempts that Brock Purdy had is less than the completions Baker Mayfield had. And Baker Mayfield had 246 yards and Brock Purdy had 333. Yeah. Yes, Purdy, I Purdy understand that up Brennan Ayuk's touchdown.
0: Purdy continues his domination of the uh of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just a, a phenomenal performance. Perfect passer rating, as you mentioned. The first 49er to log a perfect passer rating since old Joe Cool, Joe Montana back in the day. And just a a phenomenal performance here here from Purdy. Uh we we gotta talk about it at some point. Some buzz on Twitter about Purdy as a legitimate MVP candidate. I It's hard to talk about it that way because I think so much credit goes to Shanahan and the supporting cast, but Purdy is pretty much the NFL's leading passer in, in most statistical metrics. I know he's leading in QBR and passer rating, and I forget some of the others. I know it's not yards, but he's up there. I mean, just a, a really statistically... Impressive performance from Purdy and as much as people want to say well It's just all Kyle Shanahan and any quarterback can 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 succeed here We've seen many quarterbacks not produce at the level Brock Purdy is right now, so I I think he deserves more credit than people want to give him I don't know if that makes him a true MVP candidate, but if he keeps playing like he did yesterday He's going to be a part of the conversation, which I I don't think was something any of us saw coming Daniel
1: no, I mean, coming in to start the year, they had the streak. They had the, the five-game winning streak. He was doing well, but it wasn't like crazy quarterback play. He was playing his role, doing his part, and was making things happen. But it wasn't this unreal, you know, he wasn't throwing for three touchdowns every game. I, I don't even know if he threw for one three-touchdown game and especially no interception game to start the year. So Brock Brock Purdy is sixth on passing yards. He's got two thousand six hundred sixty-two, and he's right behind Jared Garf. I always say Jared Garf. Thank you, fantasy footballers. Uh, Josh Allen, Tua Tagovailoa, C.J. Stroud, and Sam Howell is number one with the only quarterback with three thousand passing yards. That's crazy. So Brock Purdy's right there in good company, and having. Was it a 76-yard touchdown to Brandon Ayuk yesterday? That's going to help.
0: That was an awesome play. Just a phenomenal, yeah. a continued assertion that Ayuk is one of the NFL's best receivers. Just all, all very fun. But that was an and incredible part of, pass.
1: Part of why Purdy's lower on that list is Chris, is because Christian McCaffrey is the first in rushing yards, and he is number one in rushing yards with 825. Do you know who's next behind him? Uh no, I do not. Former f- former Niner. Ooh. Former Niner. Rushing yards,
0: and rushing yards. Oh, Mostert,
1: Raheem Mostert. But get this: as I said, CMC has eight hundred twenty-five yards. Mostert has six hundred ninety-two. Sorry, ninety-one. So that is over a 100-yard gap. Granted, Mostert has been hurt some games, so he could, you know.
0: And when you when you think about that a 100 yards a game would be a really, really good rate from a running back, McCaffrey's like more than two games ahead of him. Crazy.
1: Yeah, seriously. So, yes, Purdy has been killing it. Um, I'm going to look at some of the other... Other stats for him. I'm curious where he is in touchdowns. He is also uh, tied for sixth touchdowns. Tied with Kirk Cousins, Sam Howell at uh, the magic number 18. Sam yeah, he's Howell, doing his part, man. not I mean, the name
0: you thought you'd be saying there.
1: No. No, no, no. Now I'm looking for a he's, – he's only got five interceptions. I'm so sick of how much – how much slander, how much Brock Prady slander there was while he has been just incredibly incredible. On this season, he has the best quarterback rating. I think we already said that. He's got 115 on this season. The next best rating is 106. That's Tua. And then Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott are at 104. But Brock Prady, best quarterback rating season long. That That is something to to talk about right there.
0: Yeah. I mean it's 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 fascinating. I think Twitter kind of jumped into the conversation of of Purdy as an MVP candidate. But like here's a tweet from from PFF that that just came out a minute ago. Brock Purdy since the week 9 bye, 40 for 51, 629 passing yards, six touchdowns, zero interceptions and a 157.3 passer rating, which is first. That is a legitimate I mean that is those are MVP level numbers. And so if he continues this he's way, He's also at,
1: number one in completion.
0: Yeah. At some point, the conversation will come around to, okay, he's doing something really, really special. And I, I think he is, and we've never seen something like this from from a player on the 49ers with, with Shanahan. And I think what, to me, the single most impressive thing About this is I think shanahan in his press conferences yesterday said like I love it when brock starts making plays out of structure I want him to keep taking shots. I want him to keep being creative Could you have imagined kyle shanahan saying that about any other quarterback? He's had in his time with the niners. He certainly didn't want jimmy being creative. I don't think he wanted trey being creative This is a sign of trust that Shanahan has in Purdy that he has never had in a starting quarterback in his time with the with the 49ers. And to be honest, that matters the most for Shanahan to trust Purdy to say, "I know you can run my system, but when you decide it's time to make something out of structure, like I want you to do that." That is huge. That is shocking to me that Shanahan is out here saying this stuff. So, I actually think that is probably the most impressive thing Purdy has done in his time with the 49ers is that Shanahan trusts him completely and he never trusted Jimmy or anyone else. I don't think.
1: Are you saying Kyle Shanahan has trust issues? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. He's got a good case. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off by saying that. Purdy is first in completion percentage with 70.2. Dak Prescott is right there at (laughs) 70.1 completion percentage. Um, So, they, I mean, they have very similar numbers, very similar numbers. Um, Let's see. Oh, yeah. Brock Purdy also has – waiting for it to load, but I'm pretty positive I can say it without confirmation. Brock Purdy also has the longest touchdown of the season. They said seventy-six yard touchdown yesterday was the longest. Oh no, what? I swear they said that, and I was like, I don't know if that's true. But uh, he's fourth. Seventy-six is the fourth longest touchdown of the year.
0: And a, so, a great play I, though. One of one of Purdy's most impressive.
1: Dude, Jamel Dean was just getting beat up yesterday on that play where Brandon Ayuk just blazes by him and Dean like leaps for it and tries and lands awkwardly on his right shoulder and Ayuka's is off to the races and what a touchdown at that was first and 10 <laughs> that's the first play and that's what i love was not the first play of the drive like that's that is the level of offense we want to see this team at
0: absolutely um, it was it was so much fun to see them
1: cooking like that again Jamel Dean, I think, I don't remember if it was before or after, but I remember he had a similar play where he dove and landed again awkwardly on his right shoulder. So don't know how he's feeling. I think he was quite mixed up yesterday. Um, So, yeah, Brandon Ayuk had a day. Other than that incredible catch, this is his stat line. He had six targets for five receptions, 156 yards, and a touchdown. That's an average of 31.2 yards. That long touchdown is going to do that. George Kittle had a day, uh, eight receptions for 89 yards and a touchdown. McCaffrey, five receptions, 25 yards and a touchdown. And Debo, three receptions for 63 yards. No touchdown for Debo, though. So Christian McCaffrey has started his new streak. That's up and rolling. Um, Gosh. Got to go for the record. so I have, two, I have two questions here.
0: Okay, two I have I want at least one answer.
1: Um, do you think we can, ex- can we just extend Brandon Ayuk already?
0: I have no idea. I think we can either extend Ayuk or we can extend Chase Young. I, I think Ayuk is clearly the most important part of
1: of this team, right? Between the two of them, or
0: I, I, I honestly don't know, and I, I, I don't know if we can extend Brandon Ayuk. I don't even know if we can extend either of those guys. I think we've got a better shot of extending one of the two, but I mean, Ayuk might not want to stay. Clearly, he loves playing on this team, but he would be a true wide receiver one on most other teams in the NFL, and here he's always yeah. going to be at least a little second to Debo, and so I don't or
1: even kill McCaffrey.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, McCaffrey. So I wonder, like, I wonder, I've no, he, he has not said anything to suggest this to me. I have no idea. But I wonder if part of him is like, well, I'd rather go be a true star somewhere else. I, I, I think that's a possibility. But I also think, so he may not want to, I think is the most, is, is something to keep in mind. An extension's going to be hard. I mean, I imagine he's going to want as much, if not more than what Debo pulled in right? So I I, I think it's possible that he gets some pretty serious... I think it's possible that there's some pretty serious money that has to be paid for Ayuk, and there's going to be teams that want to pay it. So like, if you're asking me to predict, I think this is our last year with Brandon Ayuk on the team. But is it possible that we can extend him? Absolutely. So we'll, we'll just have to see. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Um... I just wish we, I knew how much money we had. <laughs> that would help me answer the question. And what's hard is, like, were you, were you, were you asking is Brandon Ayuk the most um, one of the most important pieces between just him and Chase Young or on, on the team? Because either's a, a fair question.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, would you if you had to pick, would you extend Chase Young or would you extend
1: Brandon Ayuk? Well, it is really tough. I mean, a lot of our defense is locked up for a long time, which is awesome. But, and you know, I, I personally don't think really good receivers are that easy to come by in the NFL. I think, yeah, like it just takes years. Like you look at this last year's first round draft class for wide receivers, not a single one is like tearing it up. Jackson Smith and Jigba is, is doing pretty good, but had a, had a slow start. Right. Uh, Jordan Addison has done pretty well, especially in, in Jefferson's absence. So actually, Tank I take that Del? back. He- ah, yeah. how did I forget about Tank Dell? Well, it's more so I think I forgot that he was a rookie. Tank Dell has been incredible. So you get a couple, and it's also it's going to take time. Like You're not going to get an A.J. Brown right off the bat or an Amon Ross St. Brown, even though he was here's, pretty electric his first here's round. Here's a very timely year.
0: tweet from David Lombardi. He said, As Brandon Ayuk was speaking to media in the 49ers locker room yesterday, George Odom walked by and shouted, $20 million a year type of guy. And then Trent Williams strolled by and said, 25. So that's what we're looking at, which I think is true.
1: There's no way. We don't we don't have that. Um I know. I, I don't know. know. What is if we can only have one, Brandon Ayuk or Chase Young? Part of me even wonders if we have enough money to sign Brandon Ayuk and it's like, "Okay, if we only have enough for Chase, then do that." I get hung up on this defense was a struggle bus for 3 weeks. I still believe that our three-week losing streak Oh, was... we're taking an edge
0: rusher in the first round. Sorry, <laughs> I kind of cut you off there,
1: but I think you have to. If we sign Chase Young? Even if we sign him, you think we take it first? How long well, is Cleland no, Farrell the contract I don't think, for?
0: I guess I'm not expecting we sign Chase Young. But it, you're right, you're right. If we sign Chase Young, then we don't. But if we do, then I think we would— um, Then I think we would— if if we do don't sign Chase Young then i think we're taking an edge rusher in the first round i think we could either way i think we the 49ers place that much importance on a strong pass rush but who knows
1: i just i just got a a notification Stephen a smith he goes let's just reel it in with with uh Brock Purdy it says, Stephen A. Smith explains why he can't declare Brock Purdy a star NFL QB just yet. So, excited to listen to that. I don't believe a thing that comes out of Stephen A. Smith's mouth other than his cowboy hatred. So, we'll see. That, that makes me <laughs> even
0: more confident that Brock Purdy's an MVP candidate.
1: Right. Um, I expect the Niners to extend one of them. That is my yeah, hope.
0: I do, I do as well.
1: In my, in my belief, I will say. I think that there is enough money there with a lot of these other guys locked up in a contract to extend one of them. I'd be surprised if not. Um, and maybe, maybe it almost doesn't make sense to extend Chase Young because we traded a third-round pick for him, and if he leaves and signs elsewhere, we get a third-round pick. So it's almost like, hey, you were a rental. Man, we would love for you to stay. We just don't have the money. Go get your bag elsewhere. So I would totally understand that. But I think it'd be real sweet if he was able to stay. So, another question that I have is because this offense is so freaking good and has so many weapons: best running back in the league, top top tight end in the league, best blocking tight end in the league for sure, um, best unicorn in the league, Debo Samuel, and one of the one of the higher receivers, Brandon Ayuk. Who do you cover if you're the defense? If you're if you are the defensive coordinator on a on an opposing team, I can't I can't tell you who the Buccaneers' defensive coordinator is. Um, but like, who do you tell if you're preparing to play the Niners? Who do you tell your defense to focus on? You like, hey, make sure you like do your best to cover Christian McCaffrey. Maybe they actually have some confidence in that. I don't know. I I wouldn't. Um, like, okay, linebackers, make sure you're watching Christian McCaffrey. And then safeties, make sure you're watching Brandon Ayuk. And then they're like, well, we'll just see what happens if we can take away those two. Then they only have Debo and Kittle. Like, I don't know how you how you focus your defense on these guys. Because this week, or yesterday, when you go one-on-one Brandon Ayuk, it doesn't work. J- Jamel Dean is falling over multiple times, and Ayuk is in the end zone against Jacksonville. Yeah. One one on one against Kittle. Falling down. Kittle is in the end zone. Like the one-on-ones against these guys do not work. So how do you pick and choose? I that's my I don't really need an answer, but I'm just amazed at the problem that the Niners give defensive coordinators.
0: No, and I mean I think that's the that's the key right there. I mean that's why this team is so so good. Add in that Kyle Shanahan can get them into those one-on-one positions so regularly and Purdy can deliver on the throws It's hard to answer your question. I think you stop McCaffrey. I think in this team of alpha of alphas at their positions I think McCaffrey is still the guy So I think he's the one that you probably go in planning around trying to stop, but I don't know that you really can focus on one guy specifically I think you hope your pass rush can get home to Purdy and you hope your offense can drop 40 points.
1: Yeah, and then when they can't you you, you do your best to adjust. Um But yeah, I hey, I think
0: if you're like asking me who do you want to stop? I'm saying McCaffrey.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um let's look at the defensive side of the ball. Let's look at some of these guys we've already Talked about our boy, Talanohufunga. Um, So we can talk about his replacement, but first, I I know there there has been some Brock Purdy MVP conversation, but I think this is, makes even more sense. Fred Warner for Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, and it's normally Fred. it's normally the sack leader or whatever edge has the most sacks, and I just I don't think that should be the the defining factor. Um, If Nick Bosa had the most sacks, sure, I'd be saying a different thing. But Fred Warner yesterday, obviously defensive player of the game. I loved how amazed the announcers were about him. They're like, this guy's everywhere. I'm like, have you never watched a Niners game before? Uh, Fred Warner, 12 total tackles, 10 solo. He had half a sack, two pass deflections, and a forced fumble. He was all over the place. It was Unreal. Um, Do you know how many pass deflections the Niners had as a team yesterday?
0: Uh, No, I do not. The ESPN box score doesn't have that.
1: 11. Fred Warner had two. Charverius Ward had two. Oop, where'd it go? Dre Greenlaw had two. Jair Brown had three. Tashaun Gibson had one. Diamond Lenore had one. Jair Brown had three pass deflections. How do you even have time for that? He wasn't in for more than half a game at the at the minimum.
0: Yeah, so, he. It looked like they were going to pick on him for a bit, and then he just really, really stepped up.
1: Yeah, so they they did. I mean, the first play, they really caught him. Him and Isaiah Oliver, they were stacked on each other, and of course, you're going to go there. I don't. I almost was just kind of like, why are we? Why are we putting them together? Let's spread them out. But. Maybe that was the point. Maybe Steve Wilkes has confidence in them stepping right in. And yeah, they got a player or two on him, but that's okay. They're just waking up. Jair yeah. Brown had three pass deflections and an interception off of four total tackles, two solo in the measly minutes that he played. Like he stepped in massively. Yes, to me.
0: Daniel, I've got a trivia question for you to circle back to an earlier, an earlier topic you brought up. Ready? You mentioned earlier Fred Warner as. Fred Warner should be a defensive player of the year candidate. We've already talked yeah. about that we think Brock Purdy might be playing his way into the MVP conversation. When was the yeah. last time an MVP and a defensive player of the year were on the same team?
1: Oh gosh, what year?
0: Or, yeah, or what ago. team, what year? I'll give you anything you can go with. I found two instances googling around that it happened.
1: I think it hasn't I don't think it's happened in like 20 years. Well it
0: happened in nineteen ninety four, Daniel. What team do you think it was? Nineteen
1: ninety
0: four. Uh, the Niners? It was. Now, can you guess the place? No way.
1: No freaking way. That's great. I think you can guess um, the MVP.
0: I'm not sure you'll get the defensive player
1: of the year. Joe Montana, Ronnie Lott. Nope. Dang it. Both is of them. Is it not Joe? Wrong. Oh no. really? Nineteen ninety four. Oh. Is that Steve Young then?
0: It's Steve Young. Who do you think the defender was? I'll give you a hint. He's been in the news a lot this year.
1: He's been in the news a lot this year. An old Niner defender? Yeah. You're not going to get it.
0: It's Coach Prime, baby. Dion Sanders himself oh. in his one season with the 49ers. So home he won Defensive Player, player of the Year? Of the year? Yeah, I did not know that. Wow. I always forget he was a Niner for one year. Oh, I don't forget he was a Steve Niner. Young brought home an MVP. It also happened in the 1980s wow. when Lawrence Taylor won both awards.
1: Yeah, that's so. That is honestly what my first thought because I know that he has done that, but I, I didn't. That didn't sound like your question. I thought it, I thought you had explicitly said it is a. Two different guys, one MVP and defensive player. Of the I, that year on the that same is team? that
0: is what I was going for. I was I was I was going for that. I just wanted to bring up the.
1: Do you think, do you think any other defensive player ever in the history of football moving forward will ever win defensive player of the year and MVP, or just I mean, um, if you win one, you win MVP.
0: I think it's possible. Yeah.
1: I don't. I think in the day I and mean, age, we just look at whatever. I think a running back will win it before a a defensive guy. And I think that just shows you how incredible Lawrence Taylor was.
0: Yeah. I mean, that that's probably true
1: and how quarterback obsessed the NFL is, but
0: yeah, yeah, it it does seem to be a quarterback award.
1: That's it really has been. I mean, if Christian McCaffrey doesn't win it this year, uh, (laughs) no one ever will. That's my case for Fred Warner and his, I mean, just off of yesterday's game. Unreal. Travis Ward was up there on the stat sheet as well. Nine total tackles, eight solo, one tackle for a loss, two pass deflections. Um, it's just amazing. Bosa, sack. Armstead, sack. Chase Young, sack. Love to see that. Um, so a lot of these guys were just all over the place. It was such an awesome game to watch. I mean, I love watching Fred Warner. This front four is terrifying. We got the best linebackers in the league with Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Um, let's spend some time talking about Jair Brown as the replacement for Tal- Talanoa Hufunga, and sadly not. Nah, I'm not trying to. We're not trying to hate on Deshaun Gibson here. We love Gibson, except for when he hit Traverius Ward hard yesterday, going for the ball. Um, but we just would love to see Hufunga and Brown out there rather than Brown and Gibson. But, yeah, and we also I don't know how much time we spent last couple of weeks talking about the cornerback switching. I think we did it's, uh, talking about how there's a little bit less Isaiah Oliver unless we're playing like uh, AJ. Brown, well, he's not even in the slot, unless we're playing a really, really big wide receiver that may be in the slot. So what it has been, I think the last week, if not two weeks, I think it is two weeks, Trevarius Ward one side, Ambry Thomas the other, and then Lenore in the slot. Yeah. And that's what we saw yesterday as um, – so Ward, as I said, had nine total tackles. I think he was all over Evans mainly. Um, Ambry Thomas had four total tackles, one solo. And then D'Amador Lenore had two total tackles, one solo. And Lenore also had a pass deflection. Very nice. So how do we – first question, how do we feel – with the defense moving forward, losing Hufunga and having Brown step in, and also having younger, much more inexperienced Ambry Thomas opposite Traverius Ward instead of Lenore and Isaiah Oliver. How do you, let's? What's the temperature here, Timmy?
0: I, I think to be very clear, I do not think this is a Ambry Thomas, or I don't. I don't think this is a Diomitor Lenore not playing well on the outside. I think if the 49ers had their way, they would start Diomitor Lenore on the outside. Isaiah Oliver has not performed to the way they want him to. They're going to put him in the slot when you've got bigger bodied guys other than that. I I think you're going to see Lenore more and more there and that's that's not a criticism of Lenore. He's done very very well and I think is the guy the 49ers would want to have outside going forward. But Oliver's play has not been has not been great, and that that has necessitated the Niners bringing Lenore down into the nickel slot spot. And the good news is that it appears that Ambry Thomas has been playing better and better every week, and is able to hold his own on the outside a bit more. So I I personally am, am pretty excited about that. I like Ambry Thomas. I have wanted him to succeed, and I'm I'm glad he's getting he's getting his shot. Um, Lenore. Not being on the outside is a bummer. And quite frankly, Traverius Ward has not been playing to the level he should be either. Like, he has not been playing to the level the 49ers are paying him at. He's playing fine, but not not with the amount of money we we expected for a guy like him, which which is a bummer. But, I and then obviously the safety spot is what we really have to concern. The Buccaneers did immediately try to pick on jair brown they had some early success but obviously brown really really settled down came up with that big pick we've been excited about brown all year he had a great training camp we were excited about him when the team picked him and so i'm i'm not terrified of not having hufunga and quite frankly we've seen this team succeed with bad safety play before and so if, if he's just fine, which I, I think he's going to be, Brown, I, I think we'll be all right. He, I don't know that he's going to be Hufunga, but I don't know that anyone in the NFL could. I mean, Hufunga's coming off an all-pro season last year. But I do think that the 49ers only need Brown and Gibson to be okay, to be average, to still have an elite defense. So I, I think we're going to be okay, but it, it's not going to be what it was when we had Hufunga out there. I don't know, Daniel. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I don't think the defense is actually gonna gonna change much at all. Um, and I, I do like the point that you made. Uh, the cornerback switching is is really due to Isaiah Oliver not being as top notch as we would have liked in that role. And I think Lenore has done a done a great job stepping in there. And then Thomas, Amber Thomas has done well stepping up where he's needed. But I also like that you pointed out. Yeah, Travis Ward hasn't hasn't been on it as much as he was last year and as much as we would really like him to be, right? So, um, hey, let's let's look at next week. I know we, we kind of are as we're talking about how this defense might look, but let us look at Thursday night football on Thanksgiving evening. What a fun time slot to be put in. Um, the Seahawks played the Rams yesterday and... They were the Seahawks lost in a heartbreaker where they missed the field. Well, only their hearts are broken. We're stoked that the Rams won, so that the Seahawks slide down in the rankings or in the standings. And speaking of those standings, let's look at them real quick. Cardinals two and nine, Rams four and six, Seahawks six and four, Niners seven and three. So the Niners are now the standalone first place team. And we're gonna push the Seahawks further down on Thursday. Um, Kenneth Walker had an injury. I want to say it was a it was a leg, calf, groin, knee, something yesterday, and he was doubtful. So we made that we the Seahawks may be without Kenneth Walker on Thursday because this is playing Sunday and Thursday is tough, man. I mean that is they play Sunday, they rest up Monday, and it's like you should still be resting up Tuesday. Like Teams don't even really practice on Tuesday, but they have to to get ramping up and gearing up, ready to go. So Geno Smith has not been incredible. Uh, There are incredible receivers in DK, Tyler Lockett, even uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba right now. Those guys are incredible. Um, Zach Charbonnet hasn't done a ton when Walker is absent, but he is still legit. Their defense isn't awesome, but they've got some playmakers on it. Timmy, what are your what are your thoughts going into Thursday night in Seattle?
0: Yeah, I mean <clears throat> Seattle is a perennially perennially competitive team. Pete Carroll is a good coach. They hang in games. They play above their talent level and they they will they they can absolutely hang with the 49ers. I mean, they were leading the division briefly, right? But I, I do think the Niners are a better team, and the Seahawks had a rough a rough run with the injury bug this weekend. We're not sure if Gino will play. If Drew Locke is out there, I feel really, really good about the 49ers' chances. Running back Kenneth Walker left with an injury. I haven't heard if he'll be back. Zach Charbonnet, though, is, is more than capable of, of moving the ball on the ground. The Niners are going to need to stop the run because Pete Carroll is going to make sure to try to establish the run. That's, that's what he does. And so the, if, if the Niners can stop the run, I, I think this will be I, – I think it could be a close score, but I think it could be one of those games that, wow, maybe it looks close on paper. People watching it are never in doubt. So hopefully it should be a fun Thanksgiving celebration for the 49ers.
1: Hey, I looked up news on Kenneth Walker. I was wrong. It was an oblique strain. Quote, oblique strain that was legit. So on yeah, uh, sleeper, and apparently, it says,
0: apparently Pete Carroll only says legit when guys miss time.
1: Yeah, it said he. It says he could miss time with oblique strain. So uh,
0: apparently, that's like one of Pete Carroll's like tells. Like if he says an injury's legit, the guy always misses time. So I, I don't expect to see Walker. I'm not sure we can expect to see Gino. And and so if Gino's gone, the, the Niners will will roll. Well, he he and I think the they'll game. Probably roll either way.
1: Gino finished the game. Yeah, I I was watching that um, that final final drive, and it was Drew Locke was was sitting there. He's all moving around, all jazzed up. You could see he's like trying not to smile. He's getting focused. He's warming up, and then Gino they they were looking
0: Osweiler video.
1: Yeah, they had it was really funny. They had split screen, and they had Gino on one side, Drew Locke on the other, and they're just they're like reading their body language. And they're like, you can, and commenting on it, you can see Gina Smith moving around, getting dabbed up by teammates, and he's getting hyped up. And I'm like, that could also mean, like, hey, good job, you're done. Like, good job for the the game time you've already played. And Drew Locke might be preparing. And then Drew Locke puts his helmet on, and then Gina Smith runs out on the field. And I think Drew knew that was going to happen, but it just really looked like the younger brother, Drew Locke, was excited to get his chance, and then older brother stole his opportunity. And he was just bummed. And I get it. There's there's real emotion there. But yeah, I'll, uh, I'll have to look up some news on Geno Smith and, and see how that affects the Niners moving forward. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of times, too, three days. you
0: can... A lot of times, guys find they can play through an injury in the game because of adrenaline. It hasn't gotten as swollen. And then the next day, they're like, oh, no, this is worse than I thought. So could absolutely be one of those with Geno as well. I... I I think the 49ers win this game regardless, but if Geno's out there, it could be more competitive than we expect.
1: Yeah, it was an elbow injury on his throwing arm to Geno Smith, but he did come and finish the game, so I would expect him to go on Thursday, but I would definitely, I mean, watch that news for Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker. If they're without either one of those guys, that is going to be a tough play for the Seahawks against an incredible Niners defense, and I expect wholeheartedly for this Niners offense to roll over this Seattle Seahawks defense. Ab, I think we win by absolutely. at least at least two touchdowns if not more. Should hopefully be
0: a very very happy Thanksgiving for the 49ers. But well, like I said, should be a fun Thanksgiving matchup against the Seahawks was a fun pre-Thanksgiving matchup against the the Buccaneers. Daniel, any, any parting thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go. A, a bold prediction I got is two Christian McCaffrey touchdowns, and this, this streak it. is going to get rolling yet again.
0: Jot me down. I'm going to rerun my sack parlay for a few from a few weeks ago. Jot me down for a Chase Young sack, a Javon Hargrave sack, and a Nick Bosa sack. We had the half sacks last time. I want full sacks from each of those guys. Well, but, yeah.
1: yesterday that happened, it was just Armstead instead of Hargrave.
0: Yeah, let's let it be Hargrave this time. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Have a good week, but, y'all. As always, yeah, have a good week. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and uh, stay safe out there.